0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for our liberties once again. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media, Tuesday, June 8th. Which, by the way, incidentally, that is the anniversary of... ...of the publishing of the book 1984. It was indeed published June 8th, 1949. And here we are, I guess, one generation after 1984. And I'm just telling you, you read Orwell, he's got nothing on the reality of what we're living through. Because the reality of what we're living through is every bit of authoritarian tyranny that he envisioned... ...but mixed with that anarchy... Where that same big brother, strong-armed government is weak as can be, or perhaps complicit, when it comes to the invasion of its own country. We're going to talk more today and really, hopefully, a lot more in the future, if we can break away from COVID a little bit for a couple days here and there, about the border invasion. I want to start having some ranchers on Um, and covering what is going on, because this is the worst border invasion we've ever had, and it's not even in the news. But more importantly, it ties into our thesis, not just our information, but our activism, what we want to do here, which is to have the red states truly become red and basically protect their own sovereignty. And the legal immigration issue is a great issue. And the state of Texas is really the state to test run this principle of states securing their own jurisdictional sovereignty, which they have the right to do. So we're going to have on later today, Todd Benzman, one of our best border experts. He's been to the border four times last couple of months. He's going to give us a briefing of what he is seeing going on there today. Um, You know, with, with so much going on, I could barely focus on anything that's not just the raw politics that I do, and it's kind of similar to what many of you guys do. You, We have a lot of small business owners in this audience. When you're running a business, you have no desire to deal with HR issues. That's why we have our sponsor here, Bambi. What does Bambi do? They deal with everything HR-related for you, whether it's wrongful termination, lawsuits, minimum wage, labor regs anything you could imagine. But here's the important thing about Bambi. Typically, it costs about $70,000 to hire an HR manager. Instead, you hire Bambi, and they will give you a dedicated HR manager. So not just, you know, you call a a black hole um, hotline and you get a different person from India each time. No, this is they have a dedicated person for just 99 bucks a month, that's $1,200 a year. Um, you could turn your biggest liability to your biggest strength with Bambi. Again, you could reach your dedicated HR manager by phone, email, real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business. Um, it's month-to-month, so you don't even have to sign on to 1200 a year. Um, you could try for one month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's BAM to the B, B -B B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash conservative. Folks, you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. All right, so yesterday I had a cathartic experience, a very good experience, which embodies my pet peeve and really what drives me every day to come out in front of this microphone and embodies why I feel often so upset, but really so urgent in my calls to action. Steve Dace calls me the prophet of woe and lamentation. It's kind of stuck, given our brand here. But the truth be told, those of you who really listen carefully understand, I'm just, I'm not just complaining, just the opposite. I offer more ideas and solutions than anyone else. And I'm confident in saying that on on a full array of issues, Maybe not all of them are great ideas, but some of them hopefully are. And what I'm trying to do with Constitution Action, again, you could sign up for one of our state-based Liberty Strike Force teams, um, ConstitutionAction.com, is to actually take the influence that conservative media people like myself, conservative voters have, and apply it at least in the states where we have elected Republicans that at least want to pretend to be conservative and because of electoral concerns uh, care about what conservatives think about them, and the mixture of banging away at them when they do bad things, championing the good guys in the state legislature who do good things, and pressuring the governor and the other legislators to follow suit, while concurrently pushing primary challenges if we were to do that, we could change America. We could change America by simply changing a few states. We're seeing that just having one good governor in Florida, what it's, you know, the effect. Imagine if we had 15. I mean, look at the top 15 red states that Trump carried. We should have Ron DeSantis' in 15, 20, even 25 states by a mile. And yesterday proved my point. So I mentioned on this show, and I tweeted it right after I recorded, that I heard carnival cruises are going to leave out of Galveston instead of Florida because Ron DeSantis prevented them from requiring proof of vaccination in order to go on the cruise. So I tweeted at Greg Abbott. I said, wait a minute. Are they switching to Texas because they think in Texas they're free to um, offer, you know, to, to require vaccination, which seemed to be what this travel magazine article was Uh, was intimating and I I linked to it in the tweet and I tagged Governor Abbott and Governor Abbott actually responded to me and it made news all over Texas media yesterday this is from the local ABC 13 um, news out of Austin Greg Abbott plans to ban businesses from requiring vaccine information Greg Abbott says he plans to sign a law that bans any business in Texas to require any vaccine information from its patrons In a tweet exchange Monday afternoon, conservative writer Daniel Horowitz asked Abbott why he was allowing Carnival to sail out of Galveston and, quote, push vaccine passports. They linked my tweet. Um, And they say on Monday, Royal Caribbean said it's independence of the seas, which routinely ships out from Texas to Western Caribbean. On seven night, itineraries was approved for an August 1st start of simulation cruises. Um, And then they, quote, Abbott's tweet back to me. Quote, I'm signing a law today that prohibits any business operating in Texas from requiring vaccine passports or any vaccine information. Texas is open 100% without any restrictions or limitations or requirements. Now, I forget the number of the bill, and I don't have it in front of me, but he's referring to a specific bill. There are stronger bills that were introduced, one by Senator Bob Hall, um, but they, you know, the legislature, the legislative leadership is very problematic and Greg Abbott has not led enough. If he really opposes the Rhinos, he really hasn't shown that. And we got this bill passed instead. And it's unclear whether it really prevents him. Because, again, this article seemed to be implying very strongly that the cruise liners will be requiring it. So I don't know what you're signing or not signing, but so, you know, I I tweeted back at him and I said, hey, so does that mean that you're going to prevent Carnival from... Um, from doing this and he didn't answer back but again the point is and this is travelpulse.com was where the article was the point is that here i'm a little nobody i mean if you compare me to someone like sean hannity tucker carlson laura Ingraham, mark levin whatever I'm, I'm a very small fish in that pond and nonetheless there's two elements in place there's a lot of angst in texas we're having conservatives starting to really focus on Greg Abbott. And number two, Don Huffine has announced he's challenging Greg Abbott in the primary. Now, there's other people that might jump in the race. Some say, you know, Alan West or Sid Miller. Uh, and obviously, very likely, we're going to have our very own here at The Blaze, Chad Prather. And don't worry about run- about splitting the vote because there is a runoff election, so that's not a problem. So I'm, I'm fine with as many people getting in as possible. I have not endorsed a candidate yet just because the field is not full. But it was amazing to watch how he responded. He did not want to be known as being weak on COVID. And I said to myself, man, imagine if people with an audience much larger than mine and much more influence and a much bigger name, would go around every day to these red state governors and focus on the legislative sessions and focus on the governors and what they're doing and not doing and call your shots and say, hey, governor, you need to be doing this. Imagine how much better and redder these supposed red states would really be. That's what I think I demonstrated as one person yesterday. And this is what I'm trying to do with our Constitution Action Strike Force teams is to magnify what I try to do as an individual, but to have several hundred people in each state that listen to this show bang away with working on primary challenges from school board on up to state legislator and county executive, or in Texas it's called county judge, up to governor and attorney general, as well as focusing on proposing legislation, championing the good guys. This is the whole thing. Are you like Ron DeSantis? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. So we need that in every legislature. Are you like Brian Slayton? He is the guy who has the border wall bill in Texas to have Texas build a border wall. And that's, you know, Greg Abbott never mentioned a word about it. And we went through the legislative session without it. So the wheels started churning in my brain. I said, if we could do it on this issue, we could do this on many other issues. And I wanted to start in Texas because Texas is a very important state in many ways. Now, before we move on to our immigration issue, I just want to bring on our second advertiser today. This is a very special advertiser because you literally don't have to pay a dime. It's a free service, so you actually make money. You save money. Gabby Insurance. So there's hundreds of companies out there claiming to compare auto and home insurance rates but there is only one who actually does it. You fill it out, it's a couple of minutes, and they email you back, literally, line item, how much you save on homeowners and car, and they put it together. And I've actually done it. I was with Geico for many years, which really is a monopoly here in Maryland, and they found me a cheaper option for about $350. Now, on average, they, sa- they save people about $961 per year, I had really good rates, so I thought I couldn't get any better. And it's actually going to grow now that I got a, I ditched my old Corolla and I got a new uh, Honda CRV. So it's going to be a little bit more expensive. So my savings are going to grow. They use uh, forty of the top nationwide providers, and they just aggregate it um, for you. And it's so simple. They'll never sell you info. There's no annoying spam and robocalls and everything. Um, it just, it's really a win-win. It's, it's something that. Even absent being a supporter of this program, I'm really glad I found it. Uh, because every every year or two, you should just go and check, are you getting the best rate? And look, if you find they can't save you any money, then you know that you did hit the rock bottom rate and uh, it was worth doing it. So again, put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Totally free. Check. No obligation. Go to Gabby.com Daniel. That's G-A-B-I.com Daniel. Gabby.com slash Daniel. Never overpay on your car insurance or homeowner's insurance because, folks, everything, the price of everything is going up. Now, the one thing that isn't going up is the price of illegal immigration. They get to come here for free. The reason why Texas is such a pivotal state is because Texas, if they were to do the right things tomorrow, they literally have the ability To secure the border for America. Or at least send them to other places. They could do this. Yet they went the entire legislative session. With their ranchers being invaded. I mean 800% increase in criminal aliens in the Del Rio sector. And you're Texas and you do nothing. Brian Slayton's border wall bill. That we were the only ones pushing that. Went nowhere. Greg Abbott I was thinking. What if we had all these voices augment my voice, go after him now that he has a primary challenge, despite Trump's stupid endorsement of him? Imagine what could be done. Imagine the things he could, that could be done. He needs to call a national emergency, a uh, state emergency, call for a special session, emergency session of the legislature just on the border issue, not with redistricting. So I have a special session. Pass Brian Slayton's border wall bill. You could crowdsource it, not pay a dime. The public would fund it. Juice up Texas DPS to create an entire division just to deal with illegal immigration. Build special jail space to hold them. Don't turn them over to the feds. Juice up all the state laws on human trafficking and child endangerment, um, criminal trespassing, and make it mandatory 20 years and no bail. Pre-trial because they're the ultimate flight risk, right? That's the whole problem that states can't hold them, don't hold them, turn them over to the feds, and the feds release them. Texas needs to secure its own border and start prosecuting them. That is what needs to happen, and I'm going to develop an agenda for that in the coming days. Folks, in order to fully formulate a plan going forward, what we need to do, and really how Texas needs to lead on the border issue. We first have to understand exactly what is going on there, uh, all the particulars and the different policy loopholes that need to be plugged. And again, if there's no way to do it at a federal level, we got to do it at a state level. Um, I will speak at some point to the moral constitutional authority on that Um, Even if the Constitution precluded states from doing it, it can never be a suicide pact to this extent. Um, But to to actually understand what is going on there, what better person to bring in than my old friend Todd Bensman? Todd is the senior national security fellow at Center for Immigration Studies. Great outlet there. Um, He's also the author of a pretty new book, America's Covert Border War. Um, This is really about the potential jihadist infiltration at our border, which we're going to get to a little bit today. And more importantly, he's covered the border as a reporter, and also for 10 years, he was actually in Texas DPS dealing with many of these issues. So there's really nobody around who understands the situation better, and also what Texas DPS is doing, can do, than Todd himself. Todd, thanks so much for joining us again today.
0: Hey, great to be here, Daniel.
1: All right, so I, I wanted to get a sense of um, you know how this is any different from all the years you've covered the border before. We've had our ups and downs, and for in order to frame this, I want to play a clip that you've sent me. It's never been played before. You recorded this. Uh, you were speaking with a Texas DPS agent when you are seeing refs just coming across the Rio Grande River. And it turns out it's the policy of the federal government now, CBP, not to even grab the guy doing the smuggling. We know they'll never enforce the law against everyone else, but at least the guy doing the smuggling. And in fact, they told Texas DPS not to apprehend the guy either. Folks, take a listen to this clip okay what just happened there yeah said, uh, a border patrol agent yes sir border patrol agent said not to not to grab the uh rafter uh, just just let him go back
0: why not grab the rafter he told you a dps officer yep. not to arrest the rafter of this raft that's coming in right now yes sir. and that's what else did he
1: say I said he, he, he said just to let them go back and because uh, uh they're gonna keep coming across anyway.
0: And why do you think they don't want to do you to arrest this rafter?
1: It is more likely uh they probably won't prosecute them, they'll they'll, they'll probably just let them go, they'll uh, get them processed in, but they'll turn around and send them back.
0: and Is that because of a uh high-level administration policy of some sort? Mm. I really couldn't, I really don't know why. Yeah. I really don't know why, this just want to... But you you have it within your authority to arrest this rafter, if you could get your hands on him, right? Yes, sir. And, uh... Okay.
1: All right, Todd. So you, you uh, recorded that audio. What is behind this effort to get Texas DPS not to enforce human smuggling laws, and are they listening?
0: Right. So what, what I found and witnessed at the Rio Grande River, at the river in the Rio Grande Valley sector, was wide open, illegal immigration from Mexico – in where where the smugglers are working somewhat in tandem with American law enforcement on our side to enable the flow of family units, mostly family units and children coming across in very great numbers uh, by the tens of thousands. Uh, And it's sort of a, um, like kind of an unofficial truce or a non belligerency agreement or uh, you know like maybe a peace agreement or something between the uh cartels on the mexican side and law enforcement on our side where you have this natural predator prey relationship you now have a suspension of all of that in practicality in logistical uh practice of moving these people across and that means if uh mass illegal immigration is being allowed by our side which it is If you were to arrest the raftsmen or the the boat pilots, it would interfere with that. Suddenly the pilots would have to go underground and find the spots where there are no law enforcement. It would make it slower and more difficult, uh, which is not what the Biden administration wants. They want it to be quick, fast, efficient, maximum capacity uh, coming through and that is something that i've never seen in all the years that i've covered the border usually mass migration events happen in spite of our best efforts to stop it we don't want it to happen we try our hardest to stop it when it does happen and that even the obama administration you know tried its its damnedest for a while to get uh its mass migration under control So what's really different now is that all of that is gone. It is just uh, fully uh, welcomed and all obstructions eliminated. And that is like a historic first in the country as far as I'm concerned. I know of no other time period like this dating all the way back to the beginning where you had a government, an American government. Facilitating and enabling and accommodating mass migration.
1: So that that's the that that's really the difference here. Under Trump, it was really pushed a lot by the courts, the Ninth Circuit, which is why it was really particularly the family units. You didn't really have many single adults during that last wave two years ago. Now it's actually majority single adults, even though you do have. Others mixed in, um, but that brings me to Texas DPS. Uh, that's really our only hope. I mean, you know, under Trump it was the courts, so that you know we tried to bolster the executive branch to, to fight back. Uh, now it's the entire federal government. As as you noted, they're not just not stopping them; they are actually efficiently. Um, facilitating the criminal conspiracy of human smuggling i often say if we didn't have border patrol we'd be better off under this administration because then it would just they would would chaotically come in and the public would kind of rise up here they're able to make it very smooth and then have a well-oiled machine of catch and release but nonetheless they are getting a lot of gotaways the ranchers are dealing with this What do you think, what is Texas DPS doing and what more do you think they can do?
0: So the Texas, the state of Texas, which is, I think, uh, Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, who also happens to be facing uh, re-election and may very well have primary challengers, uh, has deployed the Texas Department of Public Safety in force primarily to the Rio Grande Valley sector, which is where the That's kind of the epicenter of the mass migration of family units where families are are being allowed in and and, uh, underage or anybody who claims that they're 17 or under gets a free passage in. Uh, So DPS has deployed 500 uh, officers, troopers, CID agents to that sector, uh, doubling its normal number. So there are about a thousand uh, troopers in cars and SRT teams, SWAT teams, extra helicopters and fixed wing aircraft that are helping to plug the gaps where Border Patrol used to be. Border Patrol is not in the line that it used to have because they're processing children and women, families, in long snaking lines that go for, you know, hundreds of yards sometimes just processing them in, taking their pictures and putting them on buses to go into the interior facilities uh, for within a couple of days release into the United States with legal documents. That's the, that's the uh, conveyor belt that's, that's going on there. But keep in mind that when you have border patrol, agents off the line doing baby care duty. uh, You have drug smugglers still that are taking advantage of that, bringing in loads, uh, contraband, smuggling, and criminal aliens who previously would not have been able to get in uh, because they get caught and uh, returned or jailed or on warrants and whatnot. Now you have Texas DPS troopers filling those gaps and they're doing it for the state of Texas. Mainly, but also for interior states, because as they often say, Texas border security is national security because it's such a long border, and everything that comes over Texas eventually ends up in Illinois or New York or California or wherever. So uh, that's what's happening. They have recently expanded their operations to the Del Rio sector, it's a couple hundred miles upriver from the Rio Grande sector. And now they are deploying to the El Paso sector uh, at the very tip of Texas uh, that that juts out into into Mexico. So uh, that they are able to have uh, to, to charge the people, the drug smugglers, and other people that are coming across with state charges, uh, going through the state attorney general or local DAs and they're starting to uh, get creative uh, about other kinds of charges that they might bring against uh, folks, state charges. Uh, remember that Texas has laws on the books that are very similar to federal laws, so they parallel, and they certainly have jurisdiction, yep. but they do not have jurisdiction on illegal entry. That's strictly a federal jurisdiction, so when they catch illegal immigrants, they turn them over to Border Patrol, which you know usually just lets them into the United States anyway. A lot of them.
1: And we've been surprised, Todd, the threshold of criminality. So it's not just you know the run of the mill illegal, but even those that have been previously deported. There has to be a certain threshold for them to even hold them now. Uh, you know, like if it's a drunk driver uh, that we deported before, they'll likely release them. So you're saying that Texas DPS has got has that the Texas government at least understands that this is unprecedented times. Typically they were a partner to the feds. Now they understand the feds are going to release them, so they're going to try to use utilize state laws to hold them on state crimes to avoid the catch and release. Well,
0: the Texas DPS is focused on not on the immigration part. They can't help but catch illegals. They catch them all the time because often they're the only ones in a uniform nearby. And a lot of the the ones, the family units are looking for a uniform to turn themselves to surrender to. Those people are turned over to Border Patrol. What DPS is looking for are criminal aliens with warrants on them that are trying to sneak over where the Border Patrol used to be. But they're not anymore because they're doing babysitting somewhere else or processing somewhere else so there'll be drug charges think drug charges dui charges uh you know evading arrest and obstruction charges and uh, you know anything that like that that they can get on non-immigrant uh activity that's going on there that's their niche uh right now that's their niche so uh when when you have but but keep in mind that Border Patrol is viewed as having the it's being having the it's the primary agency. So when you have a secondary agency like DPS or sheriffs or you know local police departments in border towns, they usually defer to Border Patrol about what to do and what they should or shouldn't do or can't do with the illegal immigrants. And so the the situation where I was with a DPS officer who was told by a border patrol supervisor in this this particular area, "Don't grab the rafter." Uh, they tend to just say, "Okay, you know, we're going to defer to whatever intelligence you have or whatever your policies are." Uh, right now, Texas could override that and just say, "You know what? We're just going to do our own thing." Uh, and I do yeah. believe that that they will eventually arrive at that, maybe sooner rather than yes. later.
1: To me, I think we need to create that inflection moment where they start viewing DHS as part of the criminal conspiracy, which they are, and we're actually not going to work with you. We're going to go it alone. Um, I do want to clarify a point for our audience. Um, When you talk about the law being that they can't enforce immigration law, so what you're referring to is there is no such law. The law is actually silent. In my view, they can. What you're referring to is a Supreme Court decision. US v. Arizona, that was the SB 1070 case in 2012. Uh, Scalia went nuts in his partial dissent. He read it from the bench. He was so pissed off. States enforce federal laws all the time, they create their own state laws to parallel them. There really is no reason, in his view, that they shouldn't be able to do it. So, in my view, um, you know, one of the things I'm pushing is obviously we need to strengthen. The human smuggling, the uh, reckless endangerment of children—anything we could hit them on that's non-immigration. But I do—I would like to see them pass in a special session something making illegal immigration a state crime and kind of doing what they're doing on Roe v. Wade, directly challenge um, the Arizona ruling. Now that we have a better Supreme Court, you know, it's not a guarantee we'll have five votes, but I think. If there's ever a time and a need to challenge it, it's now. So that is something I'm I'm definitely going to push. It's not a law. It's a Supreme Court decision that hopefully, given the circumstances, uh, you know, I was just uh, looking at the numbers, Todd. You know, we're talking about it being worse than ever. Uh, um, Scalia in 2012 said, are the sovereign states at the mercy of the federal executive's refusal to enforce the nation's immigration laws? Do you know that that year there were 357,000 apprehensions? And now with four months to go, we're at 900,000. So this is a lot worse than that. Um, One of the things I wanted you to talk about is the geographical distribution. Uh, The Big Bend was always viewed as just like i don't know i mean it's a beautiful area but just impossible to traverse extremely rugged like i mean that's the area i picture just rattlesnakes just like grabbing (laughs) you and and, you know do sidewinders and it's just like a nasty place um so you wouldn't have people there's not much on the mexico side either it's very hard to facilitate use to count the numbers of apprehensions in single digits and now, I mean, it's not like the some of the big sectors, but it's really registering what's up with that and who in their right mind would cross there, given how easy it is just to surrender at the RGV. Right,
0: Well, you have to first
1: understand that what's happening at the border uh, falls along
0: demographic lines and geography, so Uh, The Biden administration has decided to let in unlimited numbers of family units. So if you come in with children and you say you're the parents or the guardian, you're in. Uh, But if you are a single adult, then you are not in. You get Title 42 back, which is the pandemic uh, related uh, containment policy from Donald Trump, which allows uh, Border Patrol to immediately return. Uh, immigrants to Mexico, the vast majority of those are single adults. So if you are a single adult trying to get through with families, you'll be weeded out and probably returned very quickly to Mexico, which is just a pain. You can try it again and again and again. There are no consequences to trying 10, 20, 50, 100 times. No consequences whatsoever. So they do until they eventually make it but that's a pain and it can get expensive if you're an immigrant. So what's happening is they sector shop. They go to uh, parts of the border where border patrol is very thin and there's a higher percentage chance that you'll actually make it into the country on your first try. That's the big bend sector. Uh, what we see in big bend is long trains, of people, single adults mostly, who are being led through the wilderness by cartel smugglers at ten and twelve thousand dollars a pop. Those, uh, that's the La Línea cartel. There uh, has developed a sales force deployed throughout Central America, towns, cities, villages, everywhere, where they are proposing all-inclusive packages with a very high, uh, you know, probability of success that you'll get through, uh, to what, what getting through means is to do, you get to the interstate 10, which is the East West highway artery. And, yep. uh, that's sometimes, you know, 40, 50, 60 miles from the border. So you have to hike it. So you're gonna be young, strong males, uh, who are, who raise the funds in their towns and villages. And they, for the most part, make it through maybe 80%, 90% chance of getting through on the first try. So it's worth the money. And that's why we're seeing, uh, and and the cartels see a major opportunity, financial opportunity, in an area that was mostly for drug smuggling. Uh, So now you've got a really big branch of human smuggling developed. In the Big Bend area, uh, you know, like you said, rattlesnakes, very difficult terrain, mountains, canyons. You have to have a smuggling guide to, to make it to Interstate 10, and coordination on the other side where you have somebody who will pick you up at the mile marker. So it's a little more expensive to do that. And so we're seeing 400 and 500% increases, historic numbers, you know, tens of thousands of single adults mostly uh, powering their way up to interstate 10 through there and victimizing ranchers all along the way because they get hungry and thirsty and tired. And sometimes the smugglers abandon them and they go to the nearest ranch, you know, looking for water and they're breaking into properties. And uh, the other thing you're seeing in Big Bend uh, and elsewhere as well, but especially in the Big Bend communities are high speed vehicle chases uh hundreds of percent increases in those towns and villages it's drama all day every day in these towns places like van horn uh presidio places you probably never heard of all of a sudden have these high speed pursuits because you know a cop will see uh a van that was that's weighted down on its axle you know on the shock absorbers (laughs) and they pull it over and it runs and everybody bails out and runs into the desert. And it's, you know, that kind of thing going on.
1: So what strikes me is that if I were in the Big Bend, I'd probably rather run into a rattlesnake than some of those guys. Because, again, if you're paying that much to avoid detection when Biden, the Biden administration is opening up the welcome mat, I mean, you look at the numbers the last 15 to 20 years, and we've deported about— And I used to know the numbers, but it's several million criminal aliens over over the last two decades. Um, Some of them are repeats. Obviously, they came in again. We they're the same person. But that's a heck of a lot of criminal aliens that now know they have a once in a lifetime opportunity to get in for free. And then we didn't talk about the second half of this, the synergy of the open border with the cessation of interior enforcement. So they know that um, that's right. You know, states will try to hand off to ICE, I mean, guys with really bad criminal records, and they do not get get removed. So, you know, yeah, you get to state. So, you know, you get past the border. You're pretty much here. I mean, there's got to be a heck of a lot of sex offenders, gang members, and God knows what else. Certainly the drunk drivers and everything coming in. Yeah. And there's no backstop. And you look at Texas, and Texas is going to get the windfall of a lot of those people. A lot of them will move on to other parts of the country. Um, but I think that's where there's such a need to, for the state to to view this as their own defensive issue to defend against criminal activity. Well, I
0: think I think that uh, state and local law enforcement in Texas are starting to get creative. There are a number of counties that have declared disasters and emergencies over this. And county DAs and sure. sheriffs, offices in some of these counties like, uh, Kenny County, uh, it's been reported are going to start charging illegal immigrants with criminal trespass when they're found on private property and arrest them and take them to jail and charge them and prosecute them. And also very interestingly, Uh, And it will be fascinating to watch this uh, child endangerment. The state has a child uh, endangerment statutes on the books and will uh, be charging, you know, uh, parents with endangering their children if they're walking through the desert or crossing the river from cartel controlled territory. Uh, So and 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 the DA's, the local DA's have agreed to prosecute these things. So and I think that uh, the Texas uh, state of Texas uh, may uh, get involved in some of these more creative kinds of charges as well when they catch. Uh, Right now, you can see video online of DPS officers actually helping immigrants off of the rafts and out of the water and with the babies and and that sort of thing. But the next step may be that they're going to just take them to jail. Parents. So.
1: Yes. Yes. Stop. Stop doing the babysitting. We already have Border Patrol for that. And I think we're at a breaking point. And it's st- like you said, it's starting. I saw that as well. I know Kinney County is also leading a lawsuit with nine or 10 other counties. Um, But they got to take their own destiny in their own hands, which is why I think they need a special session, tighten up some of these laws and authority, as well as add more resources. Two quick questions for you, Todd. Um, So we talked about Texas DPS, uh, what they're doing, the Texas Rangers, but you also have in Texas, the Texas military forces. That's a real thing. It's composed of the Army National Guard, Air National Guard, and and then the Texas State Guard of the Texas militia. Uh, so it's a little bit more robust than some other state national guards. They have a whole command called Texas Military Forces. Is there more that they could be utilizing those forces?
0: Well, in my uh, travels up and down the border, I have uh, run into uh, Texas National Guard. They are deployed. Uh, I saw them in Big Bend. Uh, I saw them in Del Rio, and I saw them in uh, the Del Rio sector. And then I also saw them quite often in the uh, Rio Grande Valley sector. They're mainly used for uh, spotting illegal immigrants and boats, and then they call the Border Patrol in to come pick them up. There's very little that they can do. You know, they can't arrest anyone. Obviously, there's you know posse comitatus and all that. But they use them to just help spot uh, drug traffickers and boats coming across and that sort of thing. Um, I don't really see that they could do a whole lot more than that. They're, they're armed, they have, a- they have ARs. Uh, most of them have AR semi automatics. They keep them, uh, their magazines, uh, by regulation, have to be out of the weapons during the day. At night, they can put them, but they're close at hand. I guess they could plug in pretty quickly. Uh, And they, at night, they're allowed to to, um, insert the magazines, but they can't rack a round in. Uh, They're obviously worried about political blowback from some kind of an accident in and around women and children. You can kind of get that, the political implications of that. Uh, I I don't really see that they can do a whole lot more legally. Uh, They can detain. They are authority figures, but but for a short period of time until somebody else comes and gets the bad guys. Well,
1: what I what I would say is they could do more what Texas DPS is doing at the border and then and then have Texas DPS do more um, as a backstop from the criminal domestic law. Like we're talking about hitting them up on on, uh, you know, dealing with the bailouts and things like that. Um, but i I mean, I get what you're saying, but this is the vexing problem we have on many issues. What do you do when you have a tyrannical federal government that literally shreds the Constitution and then we deal with the cascading effects? and then we're like, well, legally, we can't do this well, legally d h s can't con- complete a criminal conspiracy of smuggling either, and they're doing it anyway. So this is something I think that's going to have to be grappled with and 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 Todd, you know this living there. Um, you talk about politics. In the past, it, this has been a very sensitive issue, because in general, it was a lot of the white ranchers that wanted to get tough on illegal immigration, like we saw with the Arizona ranchers over the years. But you had the RGV Del Rio County area, which is you know predominantly Hispanic, and you know there was a lot of mixed feelings about illegal immigration over the years, especially when it was predominantly Mexicans. Obviously, you've seen this up front, that has flipped 180 degrees, and now those border counties are the most militantly against illegal immigration. So you know, you had the McAllen mayor who um you have a Republican who now won the mayorship of McAllen, and for our listeners that don't know the area, that's kind of like a Republican winning in San Francisco or Manhattan. That's unbelievable. And so I think Greg Abbott, if he really wanted to prove himself in a primary Uh, He has a lot of political capital he could spend. He has a pretty big mandate, given how bad it has gotten. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, Todd, one more thing before I let you go. I'd be remiss if I didn't broach this topic because it's the subject of your book, America's Covert Border War. Now that we're dealing with, in most respects, the worst border crisis ever because it's being contrived by this administration— You put yourself in the minds of special interest aliens, really bad guys, Islamic terrorists. Isn't this the best time to come over?
0: Yes, this is a dangerous time uh, for the country when it comes to immigrants coming from places like Yemen and Pakistan and Iraq, Iran, Syria, all of those countries. Uh, There is a very significant wave of immigrants coming through the Darien Gap between Colombia and Panama right now, all responding to the clarion call from the Biden administration. Uh, yeah, I interviewed a uh, La Linea cartel smuggler on the Mexican side across from Big Bend a month or two ago, month and a half ago, who was, you know, basking in his new money. And, uh, the, and the great business that they had now with human smuggling. And he called it, I said, what do you owe your great prosperity to? And he said, La Invitacion, which is the invitation. (laughs) Uh, and he was, that's, that's what they all call it. He says, they all call it La Invitacion. It's been great for business, like nothing we've ever seen before. And the world has heard that invitation, Invitacion. Uh, and they are coming 10,000 alone in the month of May through the Darien Gap. And among them are people from those countries I just mentioned. And we should point out that in uh, March, the CB April, I'm sorry, the CBP issued a press release that was quickly retracted uh, within 24 hours, but too late, announcing that two Yemenis had been apprehended in Calexico, California, having just crossed the border. Both of them were on the FBI's terrorism watch list, and one of them was on the even uh, higher threshold no-fly list uh, and had a SIM card hidden in the insole of his shoe. And that's what we're looking at. That kind of uh, Those kind of immigrants are, it's not just two Yemenis. If you read my book, there are people like that coming in all the time every month who are on the terror watch list. Uh, even Mayorkas said so in a public hearing a month and a half ago. He admitted it. We get them every month. They're happening. They're, it's happening all the time. Well, when border controls break down, when you have border patrol busy and nobody filling the gaps, those guys don't get caught at Calexico, California. They make it in. Mm.
1: That's the big question. How many are we not catching? Um, you know, what I was shocked by, Todd, was when I looked at some of the weekly numbers I got. I got from from a source of mine. Weekly numbers, in addition to monthly numbers, there were some sectors, like in Tucson, where, for the first time I've ever seen, the gotaway numbers, which we know are estimates and they don't even quantify all the gotaways, were reaching the apprehension numbers. It's usually a fourth, a fifth of them, maybe you know, 20% are gotaways. It, it, it reached in One week it surpassed the numbers in the Tucson sector, and they were pretty high in Del Rio as well. I know in the RGV there's a little bit of a controversy going on because uh, the number of gotaways that are reported are relatively low, and there's a thought that they're just really not reporting them. Um, that's, that's the million-dollar question. That's right. Are we getting the – yeah, are we getting the world's criminals? <laughs> are the world's criminals now coming in now? And based on the 800% increase in the criminal aliens we caught this year in the Del Rio sector, and certainly you know, 96 sex offenders I think were caught through April, you got to believe if they're paying $10,000, 12000 a pop, they have a pretty good business model and pretty good su- success rate. How many are we not catching? Yeah, there's definitely, and, and certainly if you're a special interest alien. There's definitely
0: a heightened vulnerability for godaways and very significant numbers of godaways uh escalating numbers of godaways that are getting uh right into the interior sight unseen that is definitely happening when you get we're in a few days we'll probably have the official apprehension numbers for the month of May tack on 50,000 to that easy of godaways that uh you know we uh can reasonably presume got into the country undetected and you know in the big bin sector i'll just tell you i mean i've talked to border patrol agents there all the time they they tell me that there may be three or four agents on on any given shift for a 60 or 70 mile section of border so do the math
1: oh my yeah, that, that, I mean, the Big Bend, you know, we used to not worry about it because the assumption was that it's just a handful of people here and there. Um, but now, based on what we're seeing there and certainly the remote parts of Del Rio that were also u- usually very low trafficked, you know, I mean, God knows how many we're going to have, um, you know, this year, easily over a million and a half apprehensions by the end of the year. But the gotaways are just, it, it, it just, it shocks the consciousness to think how many of, of other countries' criminals, we're letting in at a time when we really have a record baseline of our own committing a lot of crimes on the streets. This is nuts. This is why Texas must take the law into their own hands again. As Scalia said, are the sovereign states at the mercy of the federal executive's refusal to enforce the nation's immigration laws? I say no, Todd. Thanks so much for your great briefing, as always. Keep us updated. And uh, and again, where could people follow you?
0: Well, I'm on Twitter, Bensman Todd. You can find me there, and I've got a uh, website, toddbensman.com, where I put all of my work. And of course, the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, uh, has all of my video reporting and everything's there too. And you and you can buy perfect.
1: Thanks can, so much, Todd. Keep up. Yeah. Well, I was. Oh, and your book. Yeah, your book's on. Wh- yeah, where do, where do we America's get
0: your book? Corporate border war, anywhere books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, et cetera.
1: Yeah, folks, this is going to tick you off. But again, knowledge is power. You got to know what is going on and, and bring it to your legislatures, especially in Texas. Um, we need action on at a state level. Um, again, thanks for your briefing. We'll We'll hear from you later. And there you have it, folks, really one of the best reporters you'll ever find on the border issue, uh, simply because he's had years of reporting about the border, but he also worked um, for the Intel National Security Division of Texas DPS. So he's very familiar with what they do, what they don't do. Um, and and this is why, after hearing this, you're going to understand all roads lead to Texas. Um, and then once Texas does it, hopefully Arizona could do it. And then it's just a matter of California, and they're going to do what they do. I mean, this is – we have already lost California. Frankly, I don't mind if Mexico just takes it back at this point. We'll be better off. They'll lose a 50 leftist congressman. Uh, So, you know, be a better country for that. We have to preserve some of the areas where we think we can. And it starts with this. This is really dangerous. Again, I cannot quantify for you. When you have that many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of criminal aliens coming in from another country, what that's going to do down the road. And we're never going to find out about it. Because as we always note, when these crimes are committed, it's never traced back. Oh, this is one of the guys that just came from the border. They'll have a headline, Florida man arrested for raping an 85-year-old woman or something. You know, And it's never noted that, no, that guy's an illegal that just came in recently um, because of what's going on at the border. So, this is where we're at. And, and again, y- you cannot live in a scenario where the government could become, the federal government could become criminals. And we're like, oh, we can't evacuate ourselves from what they're doing because we'd be violating the law. Oh, states can't enforce immigration law. That's nonsense. That is utter nonsense. Um, that's not true. Um, it's a bad court ruling. And even then, you do reach a point where, you know, are you subject to the Constitution being a suicide pact even even if it blatantly said only the feds could do this, but what if the feds invaded the states? I mean at some point, like anything in life um you know th- this is this is what Lincoln said during where was this this was what Lincoln said I think it was his it wasn't a speech, but it was. A letter he sent on July fourth, eighteen sixty-one, to Congress. Just a couple months after Fort Sumter, and you know he was getting a bad rap for some of his strong-arm moves in countering the rebellion. But his point was, like, hey, buddy, what do you what do you want me to do? Um, he he asked in his uh, defense of his action. He said. Are all the laws but one to go unexecuted and the government itself go to pieces lest that one be violated? Even in such a case, would not the official oath be broken if the government should be overthrown when it was believed that disregarding the single law would tend to preserve it? Meaning at some point, you can't be a stickler with, oh, a state can't really do this. Well, the Fed certainly can't do this 100 times over. Now, here it's in reverse. There, Lincoln was following the law. The states were rebelling. But it's the same thing here. What if the states are trying to follow the immigration laws and the national sovereignty and state sovereignty, and and it's the federal government that's malignant and working with the cartels? What, a state's supposed to be a stickler for that when they're violating the very essence of why we have a federal government? No way. No way. I mean— You just, you you, you can't do this. And again, there's one thing when you violate a law that deals with individual American unalienable rights, which is actually where the case about, what is that? You know, the case about uh, the Constitution not being a suicide pact. It was Terminello, Terminello v. Chicago 1949 case where... Justice Robert Jackson famously said in his dissent that you risk making the Constitution or Bill of Rights a suicide pact. That was a case where someone was inciting violence, and it was, that was legitimate free speech of an American citizen. But nonetheless, he said you reach a point where the, the choice is not between order and liberty. It is between liberty with order and anarchy without either. There is a danger that if the court does not temper its doctrinal, doctrinaire logic with a little practical wisdom, it will convert the Constitutional Bill of Rights into a suicide pact. In this case, there is no right to invade a country. You're dealing with illegals. We're not violating their rights. I do think we need to get to a point where states just throw them out. Have the Texas military forces just send them back. Escort them back. Point their guns at the cartels. So... Anyway, folks, I hope this presentation helped a little bit. We're going to bang away at a special session in Texas. We're going to really need it. We're putting together a Texas group. We have an East and West Texas leader. Um, I'm I'm trying to get a leader to oversee the entire Texas um, Liberty Strike Force teams, and then we're just going to bang away on the gubernatorial primary. Uh, we, we need primaries against people like chris patty he's a, he's a state rep that blocked the border wall bill there's a lot we can do in texas all roads lead to the lone star state folks till tomorrow god bless you all and thank you for listening